Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for reaching millions, also reaching millions of people. You like that double play right there. Today, we are going to be talking about both income and impact. I have Tawana. Tawana is the best-selling author of Thrive Thursday, Say Yes Every Day. She focuses on automation systems, building a team to help you grow. One of the things that we don't necessarily see eye to eye on is she thinks marketing should play backseat to systems. We're going to get to that later, though. Tawana, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? I am doing awesome. You, if you're not watching this on video, Tawana has one of the best smiles out of anyone I've ever seen. It has made my day. You need to go check out the video. Tawana, tell us a little bit about what you do, because I love the fact that you're like, you should hire people to do the things that you don't want to do to get things off your plate so that you can grow and you need systems. Talk to us about where this all came from, because it didn't start. It wasn't like you woke up one day and suddenly had all of this stuff. Where did it start for you? You're so right. It did not start that way. It started over 16 years ago, though. (laughs) Just having a knack, right, for people, leveraging human capital is one of the things in business that's like my area of passion, my area of, of, um, dare I say, expertise, right? It's like the people factor, helping mobilize people to do the great things that they actually are equipped and want to do. Um, So, you know, when you are... When you set out to do something, a lot of times you feel like it's my idea. Nobody's going to do it as great as me. So I'm just going to do it myself, right? I'm just going to get it all done myself. And typically you don't finish (laughs) or you get going, but you're not able to, to really give it the best possible outcome because it's just you. And that's not the only thing you're focusing on accomplishing in life. There are competing priorities. There are mutually important things. And so Leveraging the power of people and teams came through my journey um, and entering into project management after working in small businesses, doing a stint over 10 years in state government and recognizing, look, you can have all the ideas in the world, but it's not the ideas that we execute, it's the decisions. And the decisions that we make to promote our future selves, not just individually thinking about money or, you know, title or anything like that. But literally, if we want to get to that fulfilled, purpose-driven outcome, it takes a community. It takes a village. That's not just for parenting. <laughs> you know, that's not just for, for like in some type of indigenous or tribal thing. That literally is when we do life in community, we go farther together. And when we're thinking about business, whether you're in a traditional corporate environment or whether you're in entrepreneurship, increasing value and visibility through collaboration, woo, you're talking about an element of autonomy and, and, and liberation that you haven't quite experienced if you're not willing to work with other people to get where you want to go. I, I don't believe in the self-made millionaire. Somebody had to buy in, budge in. <laughs> give a word somewhere, spend their dollar for your great idea, right? I think it takes others to help us get there. So that's really where it all kind of goes back to is recognizing do it yourself doesn't mean do it alone. Okay, I can buy into that. I want to go back. There's something you said. I don't know if if you guys caught it, but you used to work in government, you said, oh, right? Yeah, that's right. So When I think of government, I think of a huge system that is like half broken and (laughs) it takes 
years to get anything done. And uh-huh. there's a lot of red tape, right? Like I just think of mm-hmm. like email chains of like, we need this, we need this, and then no one gets to it. But you, your story starts there. Did you put together a team that got stuff done inside the government? So I absolutely, increase, as they say, started from the bottom, now we're here, right? <laughs> When I entered into state government, I started as a project coordinator, came right out of my grad school pro, uh, program, started as a project coordinator, moved all kinds around in the enterprise. I mean, you're talking about contract development, you're talking about refugee grant programs, you're talking about foster care and adoption services, it was a human services entity. So it was again, all about people, which is really what's like, you know what? there is something here. We're not machines. When you really speak to what motivates individuals, you get things moving. It doesn't matter what your, your title, whatever you know, power or authority you do or don't have, people move on relationship. And so that's really where I began being awakened about how to really activate and promote people. And so in state government, starting you know, at what you would call the, you know, the, the ground level as the project coordinator, Moving all the way up, by the time I resigned, I was an enterprise project consultant. And yes, you are appointed statewide. You know, this entity had over 9,500 employees. So you could be working in any part of the state on any given project <laughs> with, any, with any level leadership or otherwise at any point in time to put that feather in the hat of either the governor's initiatives or the commissioner's initiatives or whatever legislation that has now become law and it must happen. You would have people like myself put into place to bring all of the subject matter experts together to make mm-hmm. sure that outcome is delivered. So believe it or not, things do happen <laughs> in government. <laughs> well, if I mean, if there is anything that is proof of this conversation, there is somebody who got something done in the government, got That's through the red right. tape and made That's something happen. Right. So if you, could, if you could do it in government, first off- yes. Congratulations. Secondly, Uh like if you could do it in government, you can definitely do it in small businesses. Um, Certainly. I think one of one of the biggest things entrepreneurs struggle with is hiring, right? They the thing, Mm -hmm. the cycle that I've seen and I've gone through it myself is I reach a pain point where I'm taking on 10, 15, 20 projects. I mean, we all have a gazillion things on our project Mm -hmm. board. And then to your point, I found that if I split beyond like two or three main things that I'm working on, everything gets real shaky, right? Yep. Entrepreneurs <laughs> do this, especially ones who are just starting and they get overwhelmed and they, they back off, they fall apart, or they hire the first person that says that they can do it because they don't know how to interview. They don't know how to find the right person for the job. And they spend, unfortunately, sometimes the amount of money you spend does relate to the quality that you get. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes. A lot of times they'll throw a bunch of money at it that they don't necessarily have. Here's a couple thousand dollars. This should build me the funnel or this should get the website done or this should help me with whatever, right? Help take projects Mm -hmm. off my plate. And all it does is put more projects on their plate. I would love to hear your system that somehow avoids these challenges because I know you have it. If you can make it work in government, you can make it work here. (laughs) So walk us through what that looks like. So what that, what that looks like, so project management, sometimes people are like, that's just for information technology or big, big companies, right? And we've already established here in this conversation, you can do it in small business, you can do it in entrepreneurship. It's not for any one thing, it's for 
everything that has to go from idea to reality, right? Or from point A to whatever the next point is, B to Z. And one of the things that I did to help simplify project management for people is I created a formula called the DONE formula. It's a proprietary strategy. It's an acronym. I love acronyms. And you know, as adult learners, that sticks for us. <laughs> and so it's an acronym that helps us remember what steps can we take to actually move the needle, to actually make progress. What that looks like in short is that D, right, is to define or to decide. Here's the thing. You said it. Multi-passionate entrepreneurs have so many different things that we want to do or are starting to do all at the same time. But it's just like water in a colander, right? A strainer. You put the water in and it spews out everywhere. That's, that's kind of a weak, <laughs> right? If you're trying to collect water, that is a very weak way to do it. However, if you have a more concentrated effort and you focus on a particular thing, leverage that and then use that momentum or asset or access, whatever you did to get that one thing going and put that energy now into the next thing. Now you have a compound effect and you can continue to build and continue to build and continue to build. So whenever you start with how, you're immediately going to have chaos and overwhelmed because you're trying to figure out how to do something before you've determined what it is that you're working towards, right? So that's define or decide because remember, it's not the ideas that we, that we execute, it's the decisions. Then you want to move into that, oh, it's only four letters, people. So that, oh, <laughs> own it. Just because you have the idea doesn't mean it's going to do itself. You've got to now step into the decisions that it's going to take to see it through. Okay, this is my idea. I would like for this to happen by the end of the quarter or by the end of the year. Now, what else do I need? Who else do I need? Where else can I go? Why is this so important? You know, those W's. Why? When? Where? Who? What? When you answer those, you can start taking steps because you're getting very clear and very specific about what you're working towards. That in now, when people hear this word, they start to think gender specific, Steve, but it has nothing to do with gender. It has everything to do with your intentionality. And that is to nurture. So in the done formula, after you have decided what you're gonna do and you made a decision that you're gonna commit to it, and now you're owning by assessing all the things that should surround it to help you get momentum, you're going to nurture it, right? You're going to acknowledge people for what their skills and values are. You're going to put maybe some assets or some time into what it takes to have it done. You're going to uh, collaborate if you need to. And whatever other ways, you're going to make sure that it's actually going to thrive. You're going to make sure that it's going to keep going. It's not just going to die off right here. And that last E is to execute it. Spoiler alert, you might have already guessed it, but you got to put action to it. Back it to a calendar so that you can ensure that that anything that you had in mind by whatever point in time actually happens, you're making progress towards it. If it doesn't have a defined start or a defined finish, it's not a project. It's an operation that's still getting you not nearly where you want it to be. So using that formula, the done formula, will help you accomplish just about anything. All right. So I'm going to ask some questions. Ask some so, questions. So 
on the own, well, well let's start mm-hmm. with you. So you decide, right? You right. can decide to do something, then you own it. The problem mm-hmm. that I see, and this is what I've heard from people because I've helped people hire, mm-hmm. but the challenge that they always throw up is, well, I don't know exactly how to do it. I just know that I do it and I am going to do it better than anyone else because it's my business. <laughs> so I'm really scared to hire somebody because it honestly, like somebody told me this last week, it's going to take me more time and energy to figure out how I do it and train somebody than to just do it myself. My answer was, well, you sh- if you take the time to do it once and you hire somebody it, just film yourself doing it or figure out what you do one time and then hire somebody. They'll give you feedback. You'll get it corrected down the road. Mm-hmm. You'll have something, but I would love to hear how you would address that because I don't think that's necessarily the right answer or the best answer. I'm not a specialist. Special. I think, special. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> in, in, in some way or another, we all are specializing in something, right? I think in um, it's, it's a very, it's a very good way because my thought to this is, and as well as through practice, right, 16 years, there are things that must be done, but don't necessarily have to be done by you. So as soon as we let go of the idea that, you know, I need a person to do it just like me, well, you can have it done just like you, that's fine. Just make sure you have it documented so they can follow the steps, right? Mm -hmm. If it's that regimented or if it's that prescriptive, document it so they can follow the steps like you suggested do a loom recording or do, you know, some type of video or audio training that they can watch and don't have to pull you, you know, suck your time to teach them how to do it. If it's that important to have it done that way, what you really want to move into when you're thinking about teaming is not so much that they're going to be you, but that they're going to compliment you. You're going to give that delegated authority, or you're going to give that autonomy to trust them to do the work that you hired them to do or that you outsourced them to accomplish, right? So yes, give feedback so that there's no rework because that's what none of us have time for. People say, I don't have time for it. What you don't have time for (laughs) is rework, but you do have time or you make time to communicate upfront what ultimately you desire, what you wish to see, give some visuals if that will help so that the person who's delivering your need can deliver it to your specificity. To me, it it, it really is that simple. (laughs) Let go. (laughs) Well, okay. So you touched on something else in there. I agree. If you can hire the person that will own it, Mm -hmm. great. But I think so many people have a hard time finding that person, right? How am I going to give this to somebody who's going to own the outcome of it? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, honestly, that's one of my biggest fears. Like with people that I hire, how do, am I going to find the person? And they're there, they are. I mean, I, it, but it's taken me a lot of searching to find the person that will own the project and that I don't have to micromanage and that I can trust. Do you mm-hmm. have a method? Do you have, um, I don't know, maybe a hiring process? How do you find the people that you can trust to own the project and actually do it versus somebody that is going to do a very subpar job and then cause the rework? How do you prevent that? So ways to prevent that is, again, first you've got to know what it is that you're looking for. What do you want, right? You might not know where to look yet, but you ought to know what you want. What are you trying to accomplish? What does this this professional or this skilled individual need to do for you? Based on that, think about, again, caliber. 
when you say standard of satisfaction, what does that look like? What, what mm-hmm. I's are dotted and what T's are crossed? What colors, what fonts, what <laughs> margins, what, you know, what thickness, what depth, like all of those things are important so that that person can mirror your expectation. Again, they might have a different way, but they can mm-hmm. mirror the finished result ultimately needs to mirror your expectation. So when you can think about what you want, take a moment to figure that out, then you can start moving towards asking. I generally like to start by asking people who I already know and trust. Do you know someone that can do this or that? Let's say you're in um, you know, a type of environment where you have to kind of go through some bureaucracy, then you make the job description to the level of specificity, right? That you would do if you were doing a direct referral or ask. The only thing that's different is the method, how you're getting the word out there for your need, but you're going about it with the same intentionality. Now, when you get to the person, when you actually attract the person that has a potential to fulfill the need, it's okay to ask for social proof, right? Vet some recommendations, gather some samples of work, Ask behavioral questions. A lot of people get super stuck on the hard skills. And skills are transferable. Most anyone that has an ability, right, a a fully functioning individual can learn how to, to do something. But you can't always train someone on personality, integrity, how to manage conflict, temperament, right? Those things kind of just come. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I agree 100%, but how do you know that through an interview? How do you, especially like a lot of people are hiring overseas. You talked about mm-hmm. you can hire some people overseas. How do you yep. figure out somebody's temperament when you're going back and forth on a message board or through email? Or how do you how do you know that you can trust somebody who is overseas? Because that's the other thing. I've seen a lot of people put time, energy, money into hiring a VA and then finding mm-hmm. out that they're not the ones actually doing the work, they're farming it out, or they're not Mm. there, or they don't do a good job. How do you because that's, it's, I 100% agree with you. And Mm -hmm. it's a really hard thing. A lot of people will say, well, I just get a feeling about somebody. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can do that on a zoom call. But how do you actually know that you can trust them? And how do you ask for social proof? If I mean, they can give you social proof. Yeah, look, I did some designs or, hey, look, I did these outreaches or, hey, you know, like I did some stuff. How do you Mm -hmm. actually get into the nitty gritty of it? Because that's, I think, I know a lot of people who have tried to hire. That's, Mm -hmm. we'll have the discussion around that. And they'll say, you know, I tried. I spent months trying to do it and I couldn't figure it out. So I just shelved it and I'm back to doing it myself. Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of Grow Your Impact, Income and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee, that's S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E, to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. 
Yes, this is a very great question. So in my business, one of the things that I help entrepreneurs do is hire virtual assistants. Because remember, do it yourself does not mean do it alone. And you might not have the time, let alone the interest on pre-screening, recruiting, <laughs> you know, drafting a job post, managing a job board. You're like, I don't, who has time for that? Professionals like myself, that's our jam. We, we, we thrive on it, right? So one of the things that I absolutely require, Steve, is an actual live conversation. I do not just accept um, resumes in the inbox or, or uh, you know, you can send me a digital portfolio, but I, I want to know who is the person behind this work. A, because I need to really know <laughs> that there's a person behind the work. Um, I want to ask the person some very specific questions about them, not just your career and what you've accomplished and what positions you had, but what are some intangible characteristics that are important to you in working with others? Those answers will tell you a lot. Um, bringing up scenarios, you know, in, what, in certain circumstances, how would you respond to and listening and leaning into how they respond. Um, you know, maybe even doing a little something during the call, like, you know, I might tap on something, <laughs> be a bit disruptive, just to kind of see how they're going to respond, if they're going to be patient, if they're going to be absolutely irritated. And again, everyone shows up differently, yet the same way I talk with the business owner or operator who's seeking to hire the help is the same way I connect with the virtual professional that I'm looking at as a potential candidate for that business owner because I wanna try to make sure that there's some personality synergy there as well. If you got a really, really chatty person with a business owner that does not care about all that, right, not gonna be a good fit, right? <laughs> Yeah. But if you've got to, and if you got somebody that's like interested in uh, just Netflix and chill and you got another person that feels like that's a waste of time, mm, probably not going to work. Because at the end of the day, the business is being done by relationship. So I look for relational factors um, between talent as well as the skill set that they express they can do by seeing what they've done. There are also um, some assessments. So depending on the industry, right? So right. if there are financial professionals that come to me and say, hey, I'd like to bring on some bookkeepers, they have assessments that they have the bookkeeper do before hiring them to ensure they have the skill set that they actually have communicated that they have or that the resume says that they have. So there's just, there's a variety of ways and any um, um, like SHRM or, you know, any HR um, related resource, you can find behavioral interview questions or assessments, like actual, you know, vetted assessments or accredited assessments that will help give you some credibility to the talent that you're working with. But one of the biggest things that we're, as we're talking about outsourcing is, hey, if you feel like you don't have the capacity, the space or the know-how to find this person, tap into your network to help find the person for you or outsource the work of finding the person. There are absolute professionals and um, businesses like mine who will do that, take on that heavy lift and work with you to make sure you get the talent and skills that you need. Because if there were a time where I didn't find the right person for a business owner, then I feel like I didn't complete the service. I didn't satisfy the service. So it's right. not transactional, you know? So, okay, I have one other question that comes up yeah. a lot. People ask, 
and I'm sure you get this as well. What is, what do I need to budget to hire a VA? What do I need to budget? Should I hire somebody that's in the US? Should I be looking at a, at somebody overseas? And what should I budget for that? Well, Steve, so that answer is truly going to depend on, I'm going to say two things if I dare number it. <laughs> two things come to mind, right? Here, here are the things that come to mind. One, what you're, what you're comfortable with. The reality of it is not everybody has totally embraced diversity in such a way. And so if you're not comfortable with working with a person that might have a different cultural background or have a different voice and tone and diction, or, you know, they're, they're not right across the street, so you can't access them, then you might want to find someone that is domestic to where you live so that mm -hmm. you can have more of that familiarity, right? But if you're someone who's like, I just need them to be a great personal, dependable, um, not personal, but person, you know, dependable, have that skill set that they need. I don't really care where they are because we're living in this kind of virtual reality. Then an, a global virtual assistant or an international professional may serve you well. The other thing beyond comfort or familiarity is going to be what can you afford? Now, the size of your business is going to determine which route it may be beneficial for you to go. If you are a business owner and you are not having problems with consistent revenue and you're actually making profit, because you know a lot of people talk about revenue, but I'm like, how many of them actually fully paid at the end of the agreement though? Because that's different, but maybe that's another talk, Steve. <laughs> but right, it's like, that actually you don't have, you're not struggling with it with, with um, inconsistent revenue and you know, you know who your target market is and you're, you're not struggling to find clients. And so you have income, you have profit in your business to afford this expense. Mm -hmm. Then you can choose to hire, you know, maybe a novice or you can choose to hire a more skilled professional, just like us here in the U.S., your rate is kind of based on your skill set and your expertise. Yep. With the international VA, it might be the same way. However, the currency difference is what really allows a lot of micro small businesses to afford to hire virtual assistants. And I'm here for the sustainability factor. There are project VAs that you can get that, you know, basically they're in, get the job done and they're back out. You're done with them, right? Where I have found the most significant support to be is the, the virtual assistants that stay with you long term, like you literally are de developing a working relationship with them um, in the sense as though they're your employee, even though you know they're a freelance contractor with your entity. And the currency difference, for example, um, in the Philippines, with our virtual assistants, we don't operate as a management agency, which means it's a direct hire, direct communication, direct work between you and the VA. So the VA gets to ask their rate. We don't skim off the top. So they get fully paid. That's the mission part for us. It's like, yes, their lives are being changed. And so is the right. business owner because they're getting help, right? And so they get to ask their USD rate, which is still not remotely comparable to what you would pay someone here domestically. And so if you know that you can't yet afford it, but you still want quality professional who is dependable, committed to your business, as much as they wanna achieve their own, their own goals, the international virtual assistant may be a great opportunity for you. And so that's something that we encourage and help people when they're wanting to make that informed decision about which route to choose. Nice, awesome. So last question, well, maybe, maybe we'll get two more. The first one is okay. what's the biggest mistake that you see people make when they're hiring somebody? 
because you've seen a lot of people hired. You've seen a lot of relationships that probably have worked out and haven't worked out. What is one mistake that you see a lot of people make? So one mistake, and this, this one is kind of like, ooh, because that line is so fine. Hiring friends. Yeah. <laughs> right? Hiring friends. It's it, you, you and the friend, if you're going to do business together, treat it like the business that it is understand what you both, you know, the criteria that you're working under, making sure that there are set expectations so everyone knows how to function. Um, because that friendship line sometimes can be blurred and you don't want people to show up lackadaisical to the business the way that maybe they do in the friendship and now you're disappointed in them, but it's like, you know who they are, right? You know who I mean, they were. I'll throw, I'll throw out there like, I, I, maybe I'll take a little bit harder line. Don't ever work with your friends. Like it's a bad idea. Friends and family should never be hired to work in your business because it will cause way more problems than it is worth. If people, if your friends or family are asking you for a job, I've had several of both. It's because they see like, this sounds really blunt. You can tell me your thoughts, but they see it right. as an easy job that they will get paid for. Mm -hmm. they're, they're like, oh, I can go over here and work for blah, blah, blah. You're, mm -hmm. I'm going to go work for Steve. He's going to be a great boss. He's going to be way easier to work for than, you know, the person I'm working for. And mm -hmm. he's going to pay me better. I'm going to get more vacation. This is the conversation going on in their head. Mm -hmm. I have never, I, I won't say never. I will say out of all of the businesses that I can think of off the top of my head, I know one who hired semi well they ended up splitting ways after nine months because they decided it was hurting the friendship two months mm -hmm. too much. And they were adult enough to walk away from it. Yes. Everyone else. I know people who have lost like great friends, lifelong friends. I know people who don't talk to their family anymore because they hired them. Seems like a good idea at the time. Yeah. But if it's my two cents, just don't do it. I think that is a huge, huge mistake that a lot of people make. Cause they, they also see it as I can trust this person. That's yeah. And You're at right. the end of the day, like you don't end up trusting that person because they end up, whether they mean to or not, they do something that wasn't the right thing. And now you're questioning them. You can't have the right discussion with them because your mindset is different. Mm -hmm. It's man, it is a tough one. It's a tough one. And what I find that's more, that's, that's um, equally as like, Ooh, be careful is if you're going to hire the friends, I actually do have, even though I say this, I actually do have, I'm very selective. I am extremely selective about the friends that I will work with, right? Because some, we know, nothing personal, it's business right now. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> I'll be T, right? When we're off the Zoom, I'll be T. But when we're on the Zoom, understand, it's not about me, it's not about you. We're running this call because X, Y, and right. Z outcomes need to happen, right? But we respect one another in that space. What happens is friends hire friends because they're friends, not necessarily because the friend has the skill set. Right. That's exactly. They mm -hmm. they think that it's trust or likability. Right. I mean, they're you have to be able to compartmentalize. I almost even don't like saying this because everybody listens and they they overestimate. They say, "Oh, I can compartmentalize." Oh, I I. I'll, it, you know, it'll work out. It never works mm -hmm. out. Um, mm -hmm. If you haven't seen the movie, The Founder, I would go watch it. It's a story of McDonald's. Um, I can't remember the guy, the old Batman guy uh, played the played Roy Kroc. And mm -hmm. he says in it, he was like, I will be your best friend at dinner. But the minute we're in business, my job is to kill you. 
My job is to choke you <laughs> right. to death to take everything right. from you. And that's, yes. that is the game of business. Like at the end and of the that day, is. that sounds really harsh. If you're listening to this and you're like, that's harsh. Right. At the end of the day, if the business, the business has to make money and the that's business right. has to make money by selling something of value internally, mm-hmm. it has to run well. And that's if right. you or my mom or whoever I hire is causing that not to happen, my job as a business owner is to yep. fix the problem at all costs. That's right. That's right. By any all moral costs, means necessary. <laughs> like a big asterisk, like I'm not going to be unethical. I'm not going to hurt anybody. But if mm-hmm. I have to fire somebody or if I have yeah. to demote them or if I have mm-hmm. to replace them mm-hmm. or if I have to have a difficult conversation, mm-hmm. ask yourself, if you had to tell your friend something horrible, I don't know, their mm-hmm. spouse was cheating on them or something like think of the worst thing you would have to tell them. If that makes you right. queasy, you should definitely not hire them to be in your you business. You should not hire them to be in your good. business. Yeah, if that's a good one. If it makes you queasy, if you feel like you're going to be reluctant to have the conversation, then you're probably not going to be able to do business because it can get uncom- business gets uncomfortable. That's the reality of it. Business gets it, uncomfortable. Um, but look, look. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely <laughs> does. Like it's, I think in my own business, like I've, I'm thinking of conversations that I've had to have over the years, either employees mm-hmm. who didn't work out or agencies that I hired that didn't work out. I could sit down mm-hmm. and I would have to prep for the call, right? Like I walk myself mm-hmm. through what the call is going to be like, cause I, I have to have that conversation. When I was in corporate, yeah. I had more than 300 employees under me and I would have to fire people. And like, it didn't bother me to call somebody into my office having a, a review with them, they got one, they all knew that they got one strike, one yeah. big problem, the next big problem, you're done. It never mm-hmm. bothered me to fire them. But in mm-hmm. my own business, I'm like, oh man, they're expecting. And I had to like sit down and have that, right? Like that's a very, if, and if any of this makes you queasy, like if you're thinking about this and you're like, I don't know that I could ever have that. I just want to hire the person that I never have to have that conversation with. You need to really look at yourself in the mirror and, and like realize that that is part of business. It's a it's part one, of it. It's a skill that you must learn. And then when you start hiring people, you have to look at it. So I'm going to pivot just a little bit from that. Sure thing. I see the profit first book in the background. Yeah. This isn't a show about profit first or tax. Did you read <laughs> clockwork? No. Okay. You'll, you should read clockwork. Clockwork. Okay, is I'm going to make a note book. of it on systems. Well, it's by Mike McCallowitz, same guy. It's on his systems. I thought maybe we would discuss a few of them, but in other terms, if people leave this conversation, this Mm -hmm. podcast, what is one thing that they should take away and take action on? The one thing, and you all have heard me say it, I might've said it twice already in the podcast. That's all right. Genuinely, it's repetition, right? Repetition. Stand firm on this. Do it yourself does not mean do it alone. That's it. That's it. Well, if people want to find you, if people want to learn more about you, we talked about your book a little bit earlier, but where can Mm -hmm. they go online? Where's the best place to connect with you? If they want to schedule a consultation, if they want your help finding an employee, where should they go? Yes. So one of the simplest ways you can find us is on social media at bootstrap dreams with an S everywhere and bootstrapdreams.com, the website through either of those sources, you can click on the link 
contact us, ask us questions. We're genuinely here to help you get the next best decision for yourself so you can go forward in action. We want you to absolutely thrive and not just survive in business, entrepreneurship. We want you to have that autonomy in life, all the great things that you set out to be doing. We want to see you succeed. So connect with us. We're pretty funny too. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Tawanda, thank you so much for being an amazing guest and sharing so much of your time and expertise with us. Yes. Thank you, Steve. No problem. It is my pleasure to everyone else out there. Until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.